Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. a sermon series called Deeper, and uh, tonight I want to talk um, about barriers, barriers we experience in our walk with Christ. Now when we prayed about this at um, intercession, what we, um, what we just heard God saying is that deeper does not mean more elite, all right? More uh, uh, set apart in a way that um, God wants to take you deeper so that you can be better, all right? We, we just clearly heard God saying that we know that, but he said it to us again. So I just want to say that at, at the start, when we speak about growing deeper into Christ, we talk about becoming more like him. And where was he found amongst us? Amongst poor people, amongst rich people, among sick people, among healthy people. He was around humans and, and he, was, he is our example. And as we grow deeper into God, we don't want to grow further away from a world that's hurting. We actually want to be closer. Just more in tune with Jesus that we can give more of ourselves. Does that make sense? That's the idea for tonight. Now, what I want to do is... Um, Something happened last night, and I, and I can't help but just making it part of, of the sermon. So, Rudy, would you just join me in front, and Peter and Danel. The four of us have a little bit of a story. Uh, we haven't rehearsed this. I'm just going to give the mic. So um, I'm going to ask them, Rudy, see every problem. I'll ask Peter and Danel then. So what happened last night is we went um, to play rugby in Nelspruit, and we, um, we came back in Peter's car. And uh, at one stage, what is that turn-off called from the info? I don't know, turn-off. Who knows where that is? Some of you know. And so I asked Peter, why are we, why are we doing this road? He says, nah, it's, it's, it's a bit quieter, don't worry. And it ended up that God wanted us to take that road. So um, I'm just going to ask Peter quickly to share uh, at least some part of the story, and then maybe Danelle, so that you guys can just... Um, um, yeah, just hear what we went through no- last night, because I'm go- definitely going to use it today as well. Uh, it's quite a difficult story. As he was driving, or we were driving, okay, can I go prata, all right? All right, quite. Op pad terug, op baie pad, specifiek, het ons gerei, en ons het lekker gesels, en ons het ons geschiedenis gedeel met mekaar, en sovoort, en sovoort, en soos ons gerei het, het ons een kar van vooraf gesien kom, en hy van een wal, of in die dip ingegaan, en ons, jy weet maar, soos jy hier aangekom, kan jy sien als lichte, maar jy kan nog nie kaar self sien nie. En die volgende oomlik toe sien, te sien as die lichte maak het so, en die lichte is weg. Ons het oor die bult gekom, toe ons oor die bult kom, toe gewaar ek een bees wat raak gereis in die pad, en een voertuig aan die linkerkant in die veld. En uh, ons het daar gestop, uh, nie geweet wat om te doen nie, uh, en uh, Ja, dadelijk maar op die phone geklim, Rudy het ambulance gebel, ek het uh, een vernoot van my gebel wat response unit het en sovoort. En hulle het toe verder uh, mense gebel om ons te kom help. 
En ja, terwijl ik bezig was daar, was Veris en Rudy en mijn vrouw zelf, was ze in die veld op pad naar die voertuig toe. En ik ga ook aan Daniel om verder te vertellen. Ja, hij loopt je hart zeer heel voor mij. Um, ja, dit was net ongelooflijk. Ons, um, ons is de eerste mens op het toneel geweest. En um, ja, ze zit ons mooi kalm gehouden, denk ik, en ons mooi gelei en wat om de eerste te doen en wat om te doen. En um, ja, ons het toe, ek en Werner, toe nader gestap en ons het nie antwoord gekregen wat ons roep nie en besef, maar dit is toch redelijk ernstig. En um, voertuig verschrikkelijk baie score gehad. Um, so we walked up there and we saw... Uh, yeah, all the men and women in the in the front of the car. It was a Nissan of a Fiat. What was it? Kosha Baki. And um, yes, immediately um, we saw that the the lady um, is still alive. Um, we we couldn't yet decide if the if the man is still alive or not. Um, yeah, it was just amazing to be there so that she that she's sure she's not alone in that time. Um, so yeah it was great. It was an opportunity to pray for her and just calm her down and just telling her that she's not alone. Um, we are there. Um, the ambulance is on its way. Um, she doesn't have to be scared. Um, we had a lot of time and opportunity to pray for her. Um, and I think really that calmed her down. Um, yeah, and in 30 minutes time, the ambulance were there, the ER were there, yeah, a lot of people were there then to, to take care of her. Um, yeah, and she, they got her out safely. Unfortunately, um, her husband didn't make it, but yeah, there, there's still a second opportunity, I think, for her, and there's a reason for her still to be alive. So it was awesome just to be there and to know that Sometimes in the darkest hours, and it's with us like that as well, we think we are alone. And it's a very dark part that we are in, but we are not alone. God will always send someone to be there um, you know, when we can't be there for ourselves. So, yeah, um, it was sad, but it's still, um, this morning I thought about it, and I just thank God for using people, using us to be there when someone is really hurt, um, not only physical, but spiritually as well. So, yeah. Made me thankful. Um, at one stage, we it, it got a bit crazy because the the car was was in the middle of the path, and the guys were really speeding on the road, and so they didn't see this massive beast if it was in the path. Like, so the owners and all come out. And at one stage, Peter said, "We we must move that thing." It was, There's no way. There's no way we're moving that thing. And um, then a guy came racing down. So it's they coming towards us. Dance the beers, done ons. Okay, so if they hit the thing and they start rolling, then they can go anywhere. And we just heard the guy. I think it was a, like a ranger bucky or something. And he went. It was. It sounded like he was going flat out. And as he came, we just ran into the field because this guy was not going to slow down. And we we still discussing the speed. It must have been 160. He hit that thing at 160 while we're in the field. He's airborne. I think it would have been over Peter's head. Lands his bucky on four wheels. The BSs are on account. Still in the middle of the road, but now without stomach and intestines. And so we went and four men put elk and we got the car out of the road. But it was just awesome to... 
it was crazy um, to see God use us and think um, we want to go visit her. But just I remember Danielle just speaking to her. Danielle's not alone. And just to be there at those moments, that was good. So we knew God used us and sent us on a mission. And we're also glad that we weren't 30 seconds forward in the timeline because um, then we would have been around that area. So we thank God. Amen? Awesome. Thank you, guys. But we only felt in our heart that we Now, the reason I share that story is I'm actually going to just refer back to it to one of the points tonight is um, there's, a, there's a church father, and I, I don't know if it's Augustine or Evan, and he, he speaks about an idea which he calls thin places. I don't know who's ever heard about it. Now, a thin place, he, he described as a moment or moments in his life where he would just experience God being very near. All right, And, and often when we are faced with death, so upfront, you know, um, it, it's often a thin place where you really have to grab onto something and God is always there. And um, I think as humans and the way we live and how fast life has become, our lives have become thick places because our minds are so busy. There's always something to do. There's always people to phone. And we are so occupied that it is very hard for us, this topic of connecting deeply with God. And, and so tonight, I'm going to go a bit broad. We'll be busy with this for four weeks or maybe one or two extra after that. But tonight, I just want to take a broad view and, and want to help us with a few barriers that will break down that thickness, that, that big wall between us and God, and that will allow us just to move a bit closer. Does that make sense? That's my heart for tonight. Um, Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Now, quickly what I want to say is, when we talk about coming to God, receiving eternal life, there's always a giving from our side. We give our lives our earthly life, 60, 70, 80 years, for some people 30. We give our lives and he gives us eternal life. Can you see the transaction? We always give, we, something of us die so that something greater might live. All right? And so when I talk about these barriers, it might seem to you like a scripture of I'm asking you to give up something you love. Let me tell you what, what you love and what, I think and you think is amazing in this world has got nothing on what God has for you. My life, I held on to it up to a certain stage in my life and when I decided to give it, I received life. Can you see what I'm saying? All right? And so I'm going to talk about these three barriers and each of them asks of you to let something go so that you may get what God gets. So I am not condemning you for not being a perfect Christian. I'm inviting you to a fuller place of joy in Christ. Amen. Everyone with me? See for the long show. You mag je skuldig fully.
We're going to the Old Testament. That's where we're starting. When Joshua dismissed the people, the people of Israel went each to his inheritance to take possession of the land. Israel, God's people, have just moved into Canaan after walking for 40 years. People died on their way there, and it's a short journey. They just went in circles. They arrived there, this level vias, okay? And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, very important, all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great work that the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, he had a father, that's just his name, all right. The servant of the Lord died at the age 110. All right. And they buried him within the boundaries of his inheritance. Something like that. Okay. In the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gosh. How's that? Huh? That's why people don't preach verse for verse anymore, because then you must say all those things. Any case. Then all the generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation. This is now Joshua has died. That's what it's saying. All right. And after them who did not know the Lord. Oh, sorry. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, because Joshua died. All the work he had done for Israel. And the people did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served other gods. That's the point. They just arrived to the place they wanted to be. This was their dream. This was God's promise. And when they got there and Joshua died, they turned away from God. Thin places became thick. There was a distance between them and God. Verse 12, it goes on. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went off to other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them. And bow down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They abandoned the Lord and served the bowls in Astoroth. Okay? You see the pattern? There's a man who leads them, Joshua. The man dies. They fall back. Check this next verse. Same chapter. I'm just going five verses on. Now these people are falling back. God wants to help them. It says, whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, now judges was... Charismatic leaders, there was no kings back then. That was before the time of King Saul, which started the time of the kings. Before that, there was judges, different men like Samuel that led the people for certain times, and God used them, all right? Whenever God raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge, and he saved them from the hand of the enemies all the days of the judge. Check it out. For when the Lord was moved with pity by their groaning because of those who afflicted and oppressed them. So God gave them again a leader, and it went better with them. Are you with me? Next verse, but whenever the judge died, whenever the man died, just like Joshua, they turned back and were more corrupt than their fathers, going after other gods. Can you see that pattern? Joshua leads the people, it's going great. Joshua dies, people walk away from God. God sends another man, he dies, they turn away from God. You can read the whole Judges, it goes like this. Here's the thing. The people loved the leaders 
but they did not love God. And so they were willing to follow this leader. And when the leader was there no more, the people had no one else to follow. Now let me quickly talk about a barrier that you and I will experience in this church and in every church in this world. Let me tell you what godly community, people around you, serving God with you, this, it's from God. In fact, 1 John says, if you don't love these people, you're not a Christian. That's what the Bible says. If you don't love the people of God, you're not a believer. It also says that people will see God's love the way we love one another. Are you with me? But here's the thing. Even through godly community, like the Israelites, they had one another in Joshua. Should they have loved Joshua? Yes. Should they have prayed for him? Yes. But they should, they should have connected with God above Joshua. Should you love and care for the person that's your small group leader? Should, should you enjoy him? Yes. Right? Is it, is it good for a congregation to love their pastor? Yes, it is. It's good for the pastor to love a congregation. But here's the thing. Through relationships, however beautiful, we need to break through the people barrier. And each one of us connect with God for ourselves. For ourselves. Are you with me? You know what happens in churches today, especially in the charismatic movement? You've got guys like the judges. Samson was a judge. Did you know that? Charismatic personality creates a big following of people, builds a big church, thousands of people. The man messes around, divorces his wife, gets another one. What happens to the church? You see, what happened back then still happened today. Is that people start to follow people before they follow God. And when those people fail them and when those people hurt them, we get this cycle, what we see with the Israelites. Are you with me? Number one, the first barrier you need to break through to grow in a deep relationship with God is to break through the human barrier. You should not come to this church because you're like me. You should not leave this church because you don't like me. You should be here if the leader leads you to be here. Are you with me? Don't let people be a barrier. It will be a curse in your life. When people let you down, you're going to feel like God led you down. You need to break through the human barrier and get to know God for yourself. And that's why we have in this church these little groups called small groups and we've got accountability groups. We want you to connect with Jesus face to face. We want you to open the word. We want you to read it. Sure, Sunday night, I'm, I'm, we're going to break open the word, but what if I keep on doing it for you? I'm going to be a barrier in your life. I might gather a hundred people that will listen to everything I say, but it will be weak people. So my job, and as the leaders of this church, our heart is that you look past us and connect with Jesus for yourself. 
That is the essence of starting to grow in depth, is you have to connect with Him yourself. You can't grow deeper in a relationship with Him if you have no relationship with Him. All right? And even Christians, even people that have accepted Jesus in their lives, all right, there's a temptation to only receive from God a church and small group. Don't, don't stay there. We're talking about going deeper. Amen? Break past it. Get to know God for yourself. Just a simple truth that, that's very important for us. So I want to encourage you, if you will take the faith or the effort to get someone in a small group somewhere and say, please, will you be in an accountability group with me? An accountability group is just where someone link up with you, you meet once a week, and you read through certain books of a Bible and just talk about it. Because we want you to get your nose into Scripture. Amen? Go beyond the human barrier. Amen. I'm going to start by giving you number two, and then we'll unpack it a bit. Break beyond the fleshly barrier. Now, just for the Afrikaners, like me, often when the scripture speaks about your flesh, it speaks about the part of your heart, your mind, that thinks in a different way than what God thinks. Okay? So the Bible would say, don't walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the spirit, which would be God's leading. So when we use that weird phrase, flesh just means an old way, a way of living and thinking and being and doing with without God, all right? You have to break beyond the fleshly barrier. Let's quickly unpack it. For those who live according to the flesh, that's Romans 8, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. Ever try to speak to someone at work about God and they just can't get him? You tried this angle, uh, you tried that angle, uh, you tried this angle, it just, you see, here's the truth. <laughs> We'll get there in a second. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Scripture is saying there's a way of thinking and living that brings death, and there's a way that brings life. Why is it? I want to ask you a question. Why is it that someone, just imagine a person you know, or maybe just put yourself in that position, you lose everything. Or someone you know, maybe it happened to some, someone you know. You lose everything. And maybe that everything is a person. And, and then that person comes to this place of depression, and they, and they think, I don't even know if it's, if it's worth it to live anymore. Whoever had that thought before? Don't be shy. I don't know if all of this is worth it anymore. That's where life takes us. That's, that's the journey of the flesh. It takes us there. I've been there. And then a person like that, they've got no hope. They don't know how they're going to wake up tomorrow morning. They don't know right from left. Then they come into church or a small group. And they receive Jesus. And nothing of their circumstances change, but suddenly they change. What happened? They've transitioned from flesh to spirit. 
That thing that they were down and out about, that thing that broke them, suddenly it is small. Suddenly it's irrelevant because now they have Jesus. That's what happens when we move from the flesh to the spirit. All right? That's why suddenly a person has joy and there's no reason for it because they still, they still have this problem. So I want to put it in this way because this is true for believers as well. If we are in the flesh, this would be true for us. We look at God through the eyes of the world. Okay? If we're in the flesh, we look at God through the eyes of our world. What is our world? Our work, our budget, our car, our holidays, our marriages, our stuff. And then we look through that at God and we say, God bless this. Are you with me? That is in the flesh. We are looking at God and we're expecting him to come into our world and service us. Make sure that all this is in place. God, please come into my world and make sure I've got a good salary. Make sure I'm going to be a kid. Make sure I've got a great marriage. I'm looking at God and my prayer life reflects it. Lord, thank you for this. and make, oh, I want to ask you for this. It's in the flesh. Talking about going deeper. Let me tell you the opposite. The opposite is to look at this world through the eyes of God. That's what it means to be in the Spirit. Everything in this world, your salary, your marriage, your holidays, your friends, everything at the feet of God. It's a total different. Now you're not praying to God to help you gain and establish these things. You're asking God, how should you steward this? Who should you give to? Who should you care for? Where should I go with my life? The, suddenly the things in this world, you look at it with temporary eyes. You know this is temporal. That's a move from the flesh to the spirit. Check this out. I know I'm higher grade. I'm just going to land this in a second. Don't lose me. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit. Check that out. For they are folly to him. And he's not able to understand them. Because they are spiritually discerned. Now, why is it that when you encounter a situation like we encountered last night, I had a, I had a very special time of God afterwards. Suddenly, I mean, we went to Nalspray to win a rugby game, okay? Which we did. That was awesome. You end up next to a car where one person dies and we hope the other one is still alive. And suddenly, places between you and God, you and God becomes very thin. And you know, you could have been in that car. I'm not better than those people. Any one of us, no one here can say, I don't deserve to be in that car. That could be you. And suddenly the things in life that was important seem so meaningless. And I have this conversation with God. I say, God, I can go back to my people tonight. Why them, not me? Oh, Lord, this life. Take it. Thin places. Just, just take this life. I just don't want to waste another year and live it on myself. You see, circumstances... Like last night, like death, like calamity creates for us thin places. Are you with me? Speak to someone that has buried a parent. Suddenly, God is so near. 
Suddenly you're thinking about life. So here's one thing. God often helps us by pushing us out of the flesh into the spirit through circumstances. Are you with me? A, a breakup, a hard break often moves us into God. A tragedy moves us often into the hands of God. But here is the thing. Mature people don't wait for the circumstance to push them. They walk into it. Listen up. If you want to grow deeper with God, you don't wait for circumstances to push you into closeness with God. You walk into it. Because he says you can come. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. You know, on this verse, let me, let me just tell you how fleshly we think. It says, the person... The natural person does not accept of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them. It means a person that is in the flesh, that is not moved to God in the Spirit, cannot hear God's voice. So you'll get a man coming to me, telling me God is telling him that he must divorce his wife. God is telling him he must divorce his wife. That's utter rubbish. You see, he's lost the ability to hear God's voice. And so what his flesh desires is the only thing he can hear. And it will take him down a road that's so, so lonely and broken. So God is inviting you to come into the Spirit, into a place where he can speak with you, where you hear his voice and where you take those steps that leads you to life. And this is a real story. It really happened. One of the pastors in town told me about this so this guy comes to the pastor and he says god has told him that he must divorce his wife and marry his secretary <laughs> true story true story and this guy is not joking straight face and so he's just coming to ask the pastor if the pastor will please pray for him for the blessing upon this decision no jokes. So the pastor says, I will pray for you, but let's just close our eyes. And when that guy closes his eyes, the pastor smacks him in the face like it's the hardest shot he can give. <laughs> and the guy says, why did you do that? He says, no, when I closed my eyes, God told me to smack you. Get people around you who really loves you, who really loves you. They will help you. And just as you lay down your life and Christ gives you eternal life, maybe there's something you want and you want to go buy it with your credit card. It's just a basic example. And you know your friend will tell you don't do it. So now you quickly go and buy it before your friend knows about it. Okay? That means not to walk in accountability. Get people around you who helps you. I think I hear God saying this. I think I, I hear him. What do you think? If your three friends telling you you deceived, then you're not hearing God. All right? You want something that your heart wants, but it will hurt you. All right? 
God told me I must buy that bucky. But you don't earn enough money. Yeah, but God told me, no, he did not tell you. You want the bucky. You're going to give your wife, your children, everyone hungry. You don't have, you're not going to have money. Okay? So God gives us one another to help us. Amen? Why is it a constant challenge for believers to walk in the Spirit? I think that we are afraid of what we might lose. Okay? We know that if God invites us closer, He's going to show up. He's going to show us all of heaven. Okay? He's going to invite us into special places. But we always know that He invites us into a higher place. But we can't see it yet, but we know what we have. And we are so scared of the three boinkies and broccoli and fear choppies. We're so scared we must walk away from this into a feast. Why do we think like that? Because often as believers, the enemy just gets us into a place where we are in the flesh. And so we are so scared. And he's inviting. He wants to give you more. He wants to get you to a place where he starts to use you, where he frees you. I just love what Brown said. We give so that materialism does not have a hold on us. And so God is inviting us in every area of your life, in your whole life, constantly inviting you on a higher place where he wants to give you freedom. But here's the thing, we need faith to be in the Spirit. Because every time he calls you, he's going to call you away from something. You're going to leave Drichopis. When you go this way, there's a feast, but you don't see it yet. We're talking about going deeper. It's a step I want to challenge you with. Heart to heart. If you see it in the Bible, just do it. If you read it and there's a sin in your life, just give it up. Say, Lord, I don't want to be in the flesh. I want to be in the spirit. Remember this. When you are a young believer, you can be, a, you can be an old believer, but an immature believer. Are you with me? You can go know God for a long time, but still be very immature. Immature believers are only moved into closeness with God through circumstances. Mature believers walk into closeness with God. They willfully walk away into God's presence. This is a very cool verse. So you ask me, so how do I get in the, in the spirit? This is how you do it. To put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through its deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. To be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So here's what you do. I'm going to give you an example. You wake up, you set your alarm, and you start to pray. You say, God, I come before you today, and I, I'm just, I'm really blessed. This is typically how I would pray right now. Lord, thanks for my wife and her health and my son and her health. Lord, thank you for the roof of our heads. You're so good to us. Lord, I just want to say that nothing in this world that I have, that I own, and no friendship compares to knowing you. Nothing compares. I bless you for all these things, but nothing compares. I just break beyond it into your presence. What do you want me to do today? Okay, Vanna, that thing you just thanked me for, I want you to give it to Rian example okay god i'm gonna trust you can you see what i did i'm just breaking beyond i thank you lord for my car i thank you for this and for that but lord you are worth so much more 
just come, just renew my mind. Just show me, Lord, areas in my life that I might course correct to be closer to you. Just reveal to me. Oh, Lord, up to this place where I am right now, you've brought me since the day I was born. I've, I'm, I'm naked except for what you've given me. What do you want from me? So you're constantly telling your mind and your spirit through praying, God, you are worth more. And you start hearing God saying amazing things to you. Because you're aligning yourself to hear from His Spirit. Make sense, everyone? Number two, break through the fleshly barrier. Some of you guys here are in depression because you're holding on to the drichopis. And if you eat one, then there's only two left. But there's a feast through the door. The Holy Spirit will never, ever, ever leave you. God will not disappoint you. He will take you from glory to glory. He will be with you always. He will satisfy you out of His riches. Don't have this poverty mentality. It's, it's, it's nothing what you have compared to what He has. That's what it means to move from the flesh to the Spirit. Amen? Challenging you guys. Is it okay? Ons wil die vlakker gaan nie, nee, ons wil dieper gaan. Check this out, we're almost done. Jesus says, pray then like this. It's very hard, these things. I'm, I'm really going for it tonight. And I'm challenging you guys. That's why you're here, amen? If you wanted to hear something nice, you stayed at home, put on DSTV. You want your life to change? You want life? Come to church and I'm going to give it straight. These things challenges me, all right? That's why it's on the screen, by the way. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, I prayed this this week and I, and I dwelled on it. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me tell you what there's very few people, myself included, that can often pray verse 10 and really mean it. Can I illustrate it to you? Just close your eyes where you are sitting. Just close your eyes. Now, what I want you to, uh, what do we have? Um, let's start about relationships or family, bonds or marriage, okay? Just say the following. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to think again. Think of a relationship, a, a parent, a husband, a friend. I want you to say, while thinking of that thing, say the following. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You can open your eyes. Do you know that you just gave God permission what to do in that relationship? You just said to God, if there's anything in this relationship that does not reflect heaven, I will change it. All right? So maybe you meant it. Maybe you want to think again. Close your eyes again. I want you to think about something you owe. Think about your paycheck. Who wants to dare? Your kingdom come? There's a lot less people praying now, yeah, I must say. <laughs> Let's go again. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
You can open your eyes. You just gave God permission. You just, you just invited him to tell you what to do with your paycheck. This is serious stuff. <laughs> it's, it's serious, bro. 2012, I prayed this prayer. Guess what God told me? Move your home to Secunda. Now, I'm telling you what, Eka Secunda Viva, I love this town. But remember, I did not live here. My life was not here. My life was 60 meters from Musenberg Surface Corner Beach with a mountain bike for the mountains and a surfboard for the oceans. That was my life, okay? This my choppies in the hookies. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm telling you, Werner, how I want my kingdom to come. I'll tell you. I was on a mountain one night, Janai and I, we prayed a lot. Stood on a mountain and God said, I want you to go. That's how my kingdom's going to come. Now, that is, can, do you understand that it's a fork in the road for me with God? If I stayed, I no longer can legitimately pray that prayer. So I've already decided, Lord, I cannot really say your kingdom come because when you tell me something I won't like, I won't do it. I am God and I will selectively obey. This is powerful stuff. Talking about going deep, pray that tomorrow morning. But let me tell you what. When he speaks, he's inviting you higher. I promise you that. I promise you that you will have more. I'm not talking about money and stuff. I'm telling you now, you will have more when you obey him. You want a thin place? You want to feel God close to you? Allow him to start shifting your life around. Write out your budget. Pray. That is real stuff. Talking about going deeper. We want to go many lines, many boundaries closer to posting something on Facebook. In my life, in my life, your kingdom come, your will be done. I will not leave this town until I've accomplished what he sent my wife and I to do. I will not go. But if he speaks, I may not stay. Amen. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. What we need if we want to go deeper with God, guys, is the following. We need to go beyond the my life barrier, number three. This is my life. I worked for this. This is my wife. Uh, um, um, uh, God can't tell me how to handle this relationship. Sorry for that spelling mistake, guys. If we want to go deep with God, it is not about knowing more scripture. The Pharisees knew them all. Going deeper is not remembering more things to say to other people because that lifts you up in your eyes and it gets them down. That's that thing we spoke about in the beginning if you really really want to go deeper if your life was a board of chess i'm asking you can god can god move around the pieces for you can he move it around 
I'm not saying this is easy, okay? I'm not, I'm not standing here with confidence because I've got this down. I'm standing here with confidence because this is the truth. Lord, your kingdom come in this church. What do you say? And so we pray on Monday night, your kingdom come, your kingdom come, tell us, tell us. Whatever he says, we'll do it. We will never let the structure or the way we do things in this church become our God. If he says we sing at the end, we sing at the end. We start with a sermon. It's easy as that. Whatever he says, whatever he says. So what it means for you is to start opening your heart and to trust God. Lord, everything I have is yours. Start to speak with me. I'm going to walk out of this door. I'm going to drive in my car this morning knowing that you are with me and you are speaking to me. And as you speak, I respond. It starts with reading the word. Get an accountability partner. If you read it, do it. Boom. If you read it, do it. If you see there's something in your life that's opposite of scripture, don't. Okay? Say, God, I am a mess up. Luckily, you are here to help me. Luckily, your word is here to instruct me. And then you start obeying what it says. I'm telling you, you will go to places that you cannot imagine. Change will break off you. Change of frustration. Change of just feeling tired and worried. It will just go as you start to follow God and trust Him. He is so faithful, guys. Remember this. Remember this. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. That next slide, please. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. I tried to find my joy in the waves of Cape Town or on the mountains. It did not work. I've tried to find my joy on the rugby field. It did not work. I tried to find my joy in Junae when we were young, did not know God, we went out when we were in high school, did not work. Everything where I thought there was fullness, it was only empty. Until one day I walked into a little church in Wellington, still there, and I went on my knees and I said, God, I tried to arrange and rearrange my life, but it just does not bring me joy. Will you show me? And God came in and everything changed. Just go one slide back, please. Go beyond the human barrier. Go beyond the fleshly barrier and go beyond the my life barrier. Give over to Him. We're going deep. And we're trusting Him. Let's stand tonight and let's just respond to this in prayer. You and I, we have, we have essentially two choices, and we often tend to make the one automatically. Is we, we can trust God. We don't know exactly how it's going to look like, but we can trust God. 
in which sense we can say, Lord, I don't know how this is going to end out, but one thing I know, this is what you tell me to do. And then you walk through a door, you don't know what's on the other side. The other thing we can do is we can trust ourselves. But the only indication we have is what we see right now. All right? When we trust ourselves, we can only measure our decision with what we see in front of our eyes until a BS Uripatlop. And everything I've built on, everything I hope for, everything I base these decisions on just come crashing down in one second of not being able to miss that animal. Everything is gone. And for 40 years or 50 years, I don't know how old you are now and how many time you have left, but you build it on what you see and then in one moment it is taken away. What a waste. Amen. What a waste to trust in myself if I can't even number the days of my life. What a waste. What a waste to put my life and my hope in another person that I maybe might marry. What a waste. They don't know. They don't know. God knows. And so He's inviting you saying I want to take you to where there is life but you want to have to trust me hold on to my hand and don't let go you're going to be okay so father I want to thank you for every person here tonight you really love them Lord and you inviting each one of us to a place where there's life and love and fullness of joy Lord and I just I just see a picture of, of many circles. Because I've, I think there's a lot of people here that's been in cycles of destruction, like the Israelites. There's hope, there's no hope. There's love, there's no love. There's joy, there's no joy. When everything is built on sand and you're saying, I'm calling you to a higher place. And I will make sure that you stand scripture says in Romans 10 that those who put their trust in God will never be forsaken amen and so I want to just ask a simple question tonight I want to ask you to lift your hand and um, don't stress I'm not going to call you to come to the front but while every eyes are closed if you just want to trust God again with everything you are I want you to put your hand up and I want to pray for you. Thank you for those hands. If you want to say, Lord, I just want to trust you. You see everything. I know what happened today, but you know what will happen tomorrow. Break beyond those barriers to a place where you really trust Jesus. Father, as every hand is high, you know, you know, Lord. And this is difficult things. And this is a message that comes at you like a knife. It's very straight and it's very hard. Yet your hand is so loving. And you are just inviting us to where there is life. And so for every person that might be afraid right now and might not know what to do, Lord, 
I want to tell you God will just speak to you about one thing tonight. Just one thing. You can trust Him. You can lower your hand. I just want to make another invitation while every eye is closed. If you know that it's not like you've walked away from God, but you just really need to start your journey with God. There needs to be a start and to, tonight is a, is a starting moment for you where you want to step into a place of living for Jesus and trusting Him. Then I want to count to three and I want you to put your hand up very high. One, two, and three. I want to start. Thank you for all those hands. I want to start with God. Just keep your hand up very high. What's going to happen is some of the facilitators are just going to move to the aisle where you stand. Guys, there's lots of hands all around. Just keep your hand up. This is not to embarrass you. This is just to really help you. There's a lot of people that's asking for prayer here. What I want you to do now is to just take the courage and just come up into the aisle. Someone will catch you there. One, two, three. Let's go. Just into the middle. If your hands are up. Yes. There's someone waiting for you there. Great. The rest of us just have a bit of patience. What I want us to do is I want us to pray a commitment prayer to Christ. Every one of us here together, okay? With these people. And then I'm going to ask that as I dismiss that these people come and just sit in the front and spend some time with the facilitator while the rest of us go to the back and enjoy some coffee. Is that okay? Okay, let's, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you died for me, that I might live. You gave your life so that my life may have meaning for eternity. Lord, I will die once in this world, but then I will live forever with you I'm not afraid you are with me you are good you're a good father Lord Jesus thank you that you died for my sin I give my life to you I give my eyes to read your word I give my ears to hear your truth I give my body, Lord, to do your will one step at a time. Lord, I turn away from my life to follow you. A new direction. Show me the way. In the name of Jesus.